Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Well, good morning. We'd just like to recap the series we're in, and it may, may not feel like we're really in that series because we haven't got to the part where we talk about how we're supposed to dress. But what we have talked about is how there are things that need to be put to death, things that need to be stripped off in our lives. Last week we talked about how we're chosen. In fact, in Ephesians 1, Paul gave us the reason why we're chosen. To be holy and blameless. I think Paul included all that stuff in Colossians before he got to what we need to put on, all the stuff about what we are, so that when we put on what we put on, we'll be confident in what we put on because we know who we are. Last week we talked about how we are chosen. This week we'll talk about how we are holy and dearly loved. You see, we have to have confidence in who we are to put that stuff on because what we put on the world thinks is weak. The world thinks compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and other virtues, they're weak. What what should we do? We should burn it down. (laughs) There's been enough of that. There's a right way to live. A way that builds others up. And we read about it in Colossians 3. So if you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, I know you may have your phones too, screen back here. We're going to read Colossians 3 verses 1 through 14. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and 
filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how your word shows us the right way to live. I thank you for the principles that are in here. That, Lord, when lived out, point to you and all the life and love that are found in you. So, Lord, help us in our walk. Help us have the faith we need. Help us to have the courage we need to not worry about this world or what it might think. To not worry about what others might think. But to be fully focused on our relationship with you. To bring you glory, Lord. That's our purpose. So, Lord, I pray you bless me as I preach your word this morning. May the truths in here be made clear. And may we see how we can live them out by the power of your Spirit at work in us. And, God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, back when I played the mellophone in high school for marching band... We would do field shows. And before we would do a field show, or even practice our field show, our band director, Mr. Lee, would ask us something. And we would have to answer. So guess what I'm going to make you do this morning? I'm going to ask you something, I'm going to make you answer. But just so you know what Mr. Lee used to ask us and how we used to answer, it went like this. And man, we used, to, we used to have competitions for our field shows. This time of year, we used to go to the Buckwheat Festival in Kingwood, West Virginia. And it, it is what it sounds like. We'd go eat buckwheat pancakes and we would march. Man, it was the longest parade we ever did. We'd march a few miles. That was usually before the buckwheat pancakes. So we had a big appetite by the time we were done. We'd also do field shows at the Buckwheat Festival, or we'd travel to Ohio or, or, or the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. One time, we, we did so good one year, we went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. That was a big deal. Now, before we would even practice or take the field at halftime or take the field at a competition, Mr. Lee would get us all pumped up and he'd say, Are you ready? 
We'd have to say, just do it, and put our instruments in the air like we were tough band geeks. (laughs) Just do it. So if you want to put your hands up in the air when you answer, that's cool. But I'm only going to ask you to give a one-word answer to start and then a two-word answer later in the message. I'm going to ask you a three-word question. And your answer is holy. So I will ask you, and after I finish the question, you will answer with the answer I already gave you. What are you? Holy. Holy. We kind of wrapped that up last week. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, We were chosen, chosen to be holy and blameless. And it's a good thing that we're chosen to be holy, because you know what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14? He says this, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Anybody here hope to go to heaven? Anybody hope to see the Lord? What does it say here? Without holiness... No one will see the Lord. Thank goodness for Jesus, huh? And His righteousness in our lives. And that Holy Spirit that's a deposit or guarantee of what's to come. And thank you for the call to us all, the call to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? Holiness, just so you know what my notes say, definitions of holiness. So if you need some good ones, you're about to get them. Holiness is life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the power and purity of the Holy Spirit. See, when you get to preaching the holiness church, you can steal a bunch of holiness definitions from holiness preachers. I can't remember the guy's name where I tell you. Holiness is life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the power and purity of the Holy Spirit. Percursor said that, or Perkaiser, that's his name. How about this one? Holiness is being set apart and fully consecrated to Him for His glory. A lot of people live for their own glory, huh? Whose glory are we called to live for? Holiness calls us to live for His glory, not for ours. The Pharisees thought the holiness was, let's have a club and only us. We're the holy ones because we know the law. We're No, that wasn't the holiness Jesus taught or the holiness the Holy Spirit brought. You could say this. You could say holiness is God's will for our lives. You know why we can say that? Because the Bible says that. In the robocall yesterday, I gave you two passages of Scripture. Colossians 3, 1 through 14, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to read to you verses 3 through 8. 
Oh, by the way, I'm glad everybody's hands went up when you, I said you want to be in heaven. <laughs> That's a good thing. And we want others to be in heaven too, don't we? We want others to know that they're chosen. Paul puts it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. It is God's will. Told you that's what the Bible said. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his or her own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong their brother or sister or take advantage of them. The Lord will punish people for such sins. As we have already told you and warned you, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, the person who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you His holy Spirit. Sometimes I think faith in our culture has been made easy. Pray this prayer, you got your, your eternal insurance, and you're in heaven. That can be a dangerous thing. Because it's about relationship, isn't it? Faith is about walking in relationship, walking in relationship with Him, pursuing His holiness and letting His Holy Spirit work in and through us to make us more like Jesus. But faith in our culture it can happen, like happened in a lot of Western culture, is what we know and what we believe to be true. And that's about as far as it goes. But it's more than that. Faith, faith in the context of Jesus' day and, and Paul's culture was defined as what can I passionately put into action? Erica picks on me because I always talk about fast food and serve in my messages. But there's a big difference between some places and others. I mean, you ever go somewhere where someone's like, How may I take your order? <laughs> Compared to someone who's passionate about their job or you, and they look you in the eye and say, How are you doing today? What you got planned? It makes a difference, doesn't it? You can tell when someone's heart's in it. Guess what? It's like that in our Christian life, too. And how we live it out. People can tell when our heart's in it or not. And when they can tell our heart's in it, guess what? It's going to be infectious. And if our heart's not in it, what are they going to say? What's the difference? Faith is meant to be lived out passionately, not passively. If you tweet that, that was me who came up with that. Francis Chan has this one. He says, following Christ isn't something that can be done half-heartedly or just on the side. It's not just a label that we can display when it's useful. Following Christ, it must be central 
to everything we do and everything we are. I was educated with a lot of Greek, zero Hebrew. But I want to speak Hebrew. Are you ready? Talmudim. What? I'll tell you what. Talmudim is the Hebrew word for disciple. And not only me, not only does it mean to follow, but like the Greek, the Hebrew is much deeper. Talmudim means to follow and be like. We often think of a disciple as a student or people who want to know what the teacher knows. Daniel's son wants to know what Mr. Miyagi knows. I'm, I shouldn't do stuff like that. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody who's Asian or Asian American. That's not it. But that's it. Danielson wanted to know what Mr. Miyagi knew. If you ever watched Karate Kid. Disciple, according to the Jewish word, is to be what the rabbi is. To know what he knows and to act like he acts, to do the things he does. Do we, do you, do I have a passion to be like the teacher? It's a part of being holy. And that's what we are, what we're called to be. I hope that affects us and influences how we talk about others, about how we treat others. May it be like how our teacher talked about and treated others. Paul really kind of sums it up in Colossians 3.10. You already heard it this morning. Let's hear it again. Actually, I'm going to go nine and a half in verse 10. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. You ready for your second question? Let me give you the answer first. If you couldn't hear that whisper, dearly loved. So I'm going to ask you a question. Same question I asked earlier, and you told me holy. Now I'm going to ask you, and then you're going to answer. What are you? Dearly loved. But sometimes we don't feel holy, do we? Sometimes we don't feel love. Sometimes, doggone it, we mess up. And that doesn't feel good. And then we get into that retreading of how, oh man, I shouldn't have said that, or oh man, I should have said this, or oh man. 
then we maybe even get into that negative self-talk of, man, I'm such a loser. Man, I'm such a failure. That is not the answer you got earlier. You are dearly loved. Someone died for you. Because you are dearly loved. One way that we know we're loved is because He knows us. Think about it. If you've been married a long time, the joke around our house is we've been married long enough. Let me finish. It's not as bad as it sounds. Long enough to know one another. Get it? Laura sometimes knows my thoughts before I speak them. Sometimes I know I shouldn't say something from the pulpit because Laura will probably say, don't say that. Laura knows a lot of things about my life and my routine that other people don't because we have an intimate relationship. We live life together. And I know her and she knows me because we love one another. But I don't love Laura as much as God does. And Laura doesn't love me as much as God does. And last week we talked about how even before He formed us, He what? He knew us. That's love. And I know sometimes we all feel unworthy of love. Or feel that we've messed up too much to be loved. Don't believe that lie. When we feel like that, there's something we can do. Can I give you a tip? Psalm 139 talks about how much He loves you. He even talks about how as He formed us, He knew us and loved us. 139. Psalm 139 says this. O Lord, You have searched me and You know me. How about that? He knows me, all my warts and flaws and all that, and He still loves me. That's true love. O Lord, You have searched me and You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. No, He's not a firefighter. Bad West Virginia joke. What's that over there? That's a fire. I see smoke. (laughs) You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. This sounds like someone who loves us, huh? Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. How about this? You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge 
is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. How about this? I didn't have this in my notes, but he thinks about you. He thinks about me. When we love someone, they're on our mind, aren't they? And here it says we're on his mind. Verse verse 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, that they would outnumber the grains of sand. You are dearly loved. Not only that, you are holy, set apart, set apart to live fully devoted to Him, to bring Him glory. And when we know those things, when we know that we're chosen, that we're holy, and we're dearly loved, when we know those things to the core of our being, that the God of this universe chose us. Set us apart and dearly loves us. When we let that sink in, to know that, like the old timers used to say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that means something, doesn't it? That can give us confidence, can it? Confidence to not trust that other stuff. That stuff that might make us feel good. The the sexual immorality, the money, the greed, the idolatry that we put to death. We don't have to trust that other stuff. The anger that I want to act out on because my rights were offended. That that, that malice that I hold in my heart because that person hurt me. Oh, I'm going to get them back. You just wait. The rage. We don't have to fall back to that stuff because we put on something different. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, put on some good stuff. Let's talk about them next week. Would you pray with me? Father, I do thank you for your word. I thank you that before we were even formed, you knew us. I can't get over Pastor Dave's quote, every person you created, you have a purpose for, a plan for. That's love. Thank you for choosing us to be holy, to be your people, set apart. Lord, as we walk in relationship with you and your Holy Spirit does its work of encouraging, of coming alongside, of showing us your way, of convicting us, all that that you do, Holy Spirit, continue to find us obedient to your way of living, not ours. If that calls us to repentance, may we be quick to turn from that other stuff and, and to you in your ways as we live to glorify you. And Lord, thank you for such love, such wondrous love. 
the love that you have for us, the way you know us inside and out, the way you know all that you can do in and through us as we live for you. We give you praise this morning, Lord. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your church. Thank you for this time we've had together this morning. May you bless us in the week ahead as we live for you. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand? I have a benediction for you. It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. One of my favorite benedictions. Are you ready? May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, whole soul, and whole body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. You're dis- Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and more bless.